Welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast. Life and the choices we make, the choices other people make. This podcast explores all things as they relate to dating and romantic relationships. Why we ignore or choose to ignore or miss the red flags. Red flags like gaslighting, cheating, lying, narcissistic behavior, deception, addiction, and so much more. Join me each week as we continue my journey into the modern dating world with my weekend rants, anonymous guest dating stories, and experts who share their wisdom so we can better navigate the dating terrain. If you are new to the show or have been with me from the beginning, hold on tight for the Anonymous Andrew Experience. Greetings, Anonymous Andrew. Life and the choices we make. So, a weekend episode. And I think I promised you last weekend that this weekend I would be releasing one of my lost archives. But something has switched up. There is a gentleman that I did an interview with not too long ago. His name is Eric McHugh. And Eric has developed a new dating app. And I know, I know, we don't need new dating apps, right? We're overwhelmed with them. But this one really, listen, I've I've interviewed many dating app CEOs and developers over the last year. This one really takes the cake. It is a completely artificial intelligence dating app. There is virtually nothing that you need to do other than to create the account, you upload your social media, and the dating app will do the rest for you. And I'll let Eric explain that. But the reason that I'm releasing this on February, I think it will be 10th, 11th, 12th, something like that, it is because this dating app is going to launch on valentine's day on february 14th and what a better way to launch this episode a couple of days before it launches live and it will be available in i believe both apple and on android so i wanted to push this episode up so it gets out before valentine's day in the event that you would like to join the dating app. We all looking for dates on Valentine's Day, and it'll be a little bit too late to get a date for that night. But you can begin your romantic journey in the artificial intelligence world. So let's welcome Eric McHugh, and he'll explain to us all about his dating app. And he's got a couple of other projects going on as well. So enjoy the interview, and we'll talk to you on the other side. Greetings, everybody. Anonymous Andrew with you again with another episode. And today, I am really excited because I have something special for you. Today, joining me is Eric McHugh. Say hello, Eric. Hey, guys. I'm, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure. Okay, I'm going to go down a little list of what Eric's accomplishments are as of now. He is the president of a company called ShopX. He is, and he'll have to explain this, in part of the development of Web3, 
which is, and there's a web one and two. And he's also the chief growth officer of a new relationship matchmaking app called Dating AI. So we got a lot to cover there. So let's start with, um, a little, well, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, Andrew. Nice to meet everyone. My name is Eric. I'm 30 years old and blessed to be living in beautiful Southern California. My main hobbies right now are chess, Muay Thai, reading, anything under the sun and meditation. I just got back from a 10-day noble science meditation retreat in Joshua Tree, California. It's the Vimpasa method. If that interests you at all, it was, it was a beautiful, transformative experience. Mm. Com- completely free, too. Um, I recommend everyone check it out. If, if Again, if they feel like it. If not, let's just completely ignore that part. But, yeah. <laughs> what, what is, tell me, say it again. What is it called? Vinpasa Meditation. So it's the method that the Buddha used to reach enlightenment. And the structure of the class, it's 10 full days. It's completely free because it's all run donation-based. So there's centers all across the United States and around the world. So if you did want to go, all you do is go to the Vimpasa, or the Vimpasa website, apply to be a student. If they accept you, you just show up to the facilities. All the food is taken care of. You have a nice little room. You have a meditation hall. It's a, it truly is a great environment. So there, so I, I'm, in, I'm on the East Coast. I'm in New York. So if I logged on, there's something on the East Coast? Yeah, so no, I, the, could... um, I, I wouldn't know specifically about the East Coast, but I know there's one in Chicago. I'd, I'd imagine there's one in New York because there, there are different centers across all uh, throughout okay, the United cool. States. There's tons of them. All right. I will, I will look into that. Yeah, we'll, right. we'll, we'll follow up after the podcast specifically okay. about that. I, I was going to talk about that. All right. Um, you're 30 years old, um, and you are, you, you seem to have accomplished a lot at the age of 30. So you want to go a little bit into how you got to where you are today, or you want to just jump right into ShopX? Sure. Let's just give a 30 second brief overview. I went to school at the University of Irvine, um, interned in Barcelona as a project manager in Washington, D.C. as a government affairs consulting intern. My first job out of college was at Snap Inc. helping craft their ad algorithm. And then after that, I became a bankruptcy consultant for Fortune 500 companies going bankrupt. And that's important to bring up because I didn't really align with the ethos of that position, which is what launched me into researching cryptocurrency and the solutions they made. So I quit that bankruptcy job. I knew I wanted to work in cryptocurrency or Web3, so I started going to local cryptocurrency meetups in the area. And that's how I met the original ShopX team. Okay. All right. So there's two, two concepts in there we want to dive into. Uh, let's start with, I, I know you want to get the shop X, but let, let, let's touch upon web three. You explained it to me before we, we recorded, but tell the audience if they don't know what web three is about. Yeah, sure. So in layman's terms, I would say web three is the next evolution of the internet. It's a crypto based internet. And for web three to be successful, um, everything crypto has to be done in the background, meaning you'll just use the internet as usual, just like we don't really know how the internet explorer is running or what's making that run. For Web3 to work, that's what it's eventually going to be. So I'd say there's three different webs right now. And for convenience sake, we can just call them Web1, Web2, and Web3. Web1 is read-only, meaning anyone else, if we were in Web1, we could go on there and we could read content. Just like, just like okay, static website, cool, read it, done. Like a blog. Yeah, like a blogger. Like a, yeah, like a blog. Web2 would be read and write. So think of Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or social media. Where there's so, interaction. There's interaction. So on Web2, we can read our content and re- write our content. I can post an Instagram post. That's me writing the content. Then you as a listener, you can, you can watch my Instagram post, which is you reading the content. 
The only issue with Web2 is we don't own the content, meaning Instagram, Facebook, they own the content, meaning, of course, they sell your data. Um, they yeah. can cancel you at any point in time, which I yep. think is good. I think that's going to be a growing issue just because let's say we talk about something on this podcast today. Uh, 10 years down the line, who knows what's right or wrong based on the direction we're going. So they could just like retroactively cancel you based on that. So let me, I, let, let me, let me just jump in because that happened to me. I had a, uh, I'm Google based. I have a Gmail account and a YouTube and all that. And, and all of it's free. And, and I even had a Google voice number, right? So Google will give you a telephone number if you want. Yeah. All right. Um, I didn't read the terms of the TOS, the terms of service. Who, who reads that, no. right? You check, you check the box and you go, okay. Well, somewhere in there was something about over usage, like you can't use it too much or too many hours per day, whatever. And there was one Sunday afternoon that I was discussing, I was texting somebody using Google Voice. The very next day, I got an, an email from Google saying you have been canceled, mm. that you, you broke the terms of service. So they took my number away. And they allowed me to, um, what do you call it when you uh, dispute it? And I disputed it, and and they said nope, and and that was it. So you're right. I mean, what, yeah. what, whatever, Facebook and all of them. Facebook even shut me down for for a week, for something that they that I I don't know why. But so you're right. This Web two thing, while. We're using it, and we don't understand what's really going on. They own and control all of it. Yeah. So tell it's it's one of the, it's one of those things that doesn't matter. And I've been canceled a bunch of stuff too, Google Voice included. But it's like it's one of those things that doesn't matter at all until it does. And then when like for example, we both got canceled Google Voice. Like who do we reach out to? And at that point, we're at the complete mercy of their system because yep. they could have say they could say anything. It's like we both know those terms and conditions are super vague for the user. It's like goes against user behavior well what does that mean oh does it retroactively fit what's what's too act like and you got cancer for being too active what does that even mean who, who decides what's too active and first off it should be your number anyways you should be able to be as active as you want but and, they and can it's, fun they can it's funny yeah. that 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 happened about two months ago so i completely forgot about the number and i went with another service because i i needed a second phone number today I got an email from Google saying, why aren't you using your Google voice? <laughs> if you're inactive, another two weeks, we're going to shut it down. And I couldn't believe that. So the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing because they suspended me or, or canceled me and they want to know why I'm not using it. So it's just insane. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no. Oh, good. I mean, it's an important point to make. And just because like, and again, for you got canceled for too much activity. What if they decided to say too much activity is now half that activity is now five years down the line? They'd be like, oh, right. you're too you're too active three months ago, off with your head type of thing, which is, yeah, and, yeah. and it's not just Google too. Like, let's say a, a corrupt third party or something, they push the, they push Google to do something type of thing where it's like Google is just a company; they operate within the laws of a country. What if let's say the government's like, oh, we don't we don't like this Andrew guy; he's talking too much truth, cancel him, and then they wow. could just they could just be like. Okay, and then just find any arbitrary reason to cancel you. Type of well, we're, yeah. we're seeing that on TikTok. We're seeing that on X. Or well, before Musk took X over, it was Twitter. What was Twitter doing? They were shutting people down. Oh, left Jesus and right. Christ. Yeah, I was yeah. insane. Um, so, okay, so Web3, so let's, uh, that's a good segue. Web3 is Web different how? Web3 is a read, write, and own. So just like in Web1 and t Web2, we can read content, we can write content. 
but now we own the content and the vehicle to make this happen is cryptocurrency and particular NFTs. What an NFT stands for is non-fungible token, essentially that just means digital scarcity. So let's say hypothetically, um, again, uh, um, I create a NFT collection, I post on Instagram. Instead of that picture being a post that's owned by Instagram, let's say it's an NFT-based technology, I own that NFT, meaning Instagram can't take it from me. No matter who hosts the website, I own that NFT. If I want to host it there, that's good, but they can't take that from me. And the same applies for cryptocurrency money. Like hypothetically, I'm sure we've seen the bankers in like Canada just freeze their truckers' bank accounts, take their money away. It's right. like, no, you have no access to your money, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, you have withdrawal limits. Oh, you can only withdraw 100 a day. In cryptocurrency, no one can do that to you. So you have ownership of your digital property, whether that be money, art, really, really whatever it is, mm. which I think is going to be essential in the future based on the agenda that's being pushed. Just a quick question. So when this, is this already happening, but it's not being utilized? I think you said before, it's just there's not enough people using it yet? Yeah, right now, since it's a new technology, it's, like an, it's getting more and more popular too, but it's like a new technology, there's a niche of people using it. They have to be kind of tech heavy. They've had to have been, um, they've have to have been incentivized to research a while. So like usually like libertarians or techies or that, that crowd's attracted to it. So it's live right now. So Web3, there are Web3 products and services that crypto you can have access to. The only issue with, and it's getting fixed, is A, there's not a lot of incentive for the average person to interact within the space just because like most people are like, just kind of like going through the life. They don't need to know what it is or nor do they care. Right. And the second reason that's not active is the user interface. So if you were to enter Web3, try to use a Web3 product, the user interface is just pretty clunky, which is just... It's in the nature of a new technology or ecosystem. Yeah. It, it, it'll fix itself over time. Yeah. It, it'll dumb itself down. So where it'll... The, it'll simplify itself. It'll which, simplify which, itself. Which, right. has to be, which has to be done. Right. Keep, keep oh. it simple. Keep, keep it simple, stupid Michael Scott, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's talk about ShopX. Sure. So ShopX is one of the companies I'm with. It, I want you to, when you think of ShopX, I want you to think of the Google or Apple of Web3. Long term, going to be a suite of products for a brand to download an app, just like your Apple iPhone, and then easily interact with a Web3 space for e-commerce brands. So right now we're live on Shopify and WooCommerce. So for your listeners, if you're trying to start an online store, there are four big e-commerce platforms that you'd likely sign up with. Shopify is the biggest, then WooCommerce, then Big Force, or Big Commerce and Salesforce Commerce are three and four. And we're live on Shopify and Woo. So if you're a brand on Shopify and you want to enter Web3, all you would have to do is go to the Shopify app store and just like you would download an Apple iPhone app, you just download the ShopX app, you sign up for ReserveX, and then from there you can launch a NFT powered loyalty collection. And then add e-commerce benefits to that NFT pass for your customers. So let's say hypothetically Nike wanted to enter Web3, like, oh, how do I do this? They could go create a loyalty pass system. Let's say they do a gold pass, a silver pass, and a bronze pass. And then they can program in different benefits for each individual pass. So the customers buy all the passes. The gold pass could get like product A for completely free. The, the silver pass could get that same product, but for 50% off. The bronze pass could get that same product just before everyone else can get that product. And the rest of the customers, are like they can get it after those three go. So whatever e-commerce benefits you want to program into the pass, you can. And in the future, this is going to be one of those things where people are going to be using the NFT as the core technology 
to gain e-commerce benefits, but they won't even know they're using it. It's just gonna be something on the computer. It's like, do you want to use your pass to do X, Y, and Z? Something, will, a pop-up will come up and like, they'll say yes. Okay, here's your discount or okay, here's access to this this um, limited edition product or really whatever it is. Okay, so this is entirely computer-based. This is not gonna impact the retail world, the, the big box stores. This is... Um, it's, it's entirely computer-based for now, but we've done... We've seen brands use the NFT pass to gain access to in real life events, or you can purchase the product online and claim this source. So for example, like it's Black Friday, you're trying, trying to buy the new iPhone, you don't want to wait in line for like the eight hours, your ReserveX pass could give you access to that product before everyone else, or it could ensure that your ReserveX product is still available to you. And it, it's, it's getting more live too. We are working with some like TV series, like uh, Fox's new show called Populous, the same creator of Rick and Morty. If you own their NFT crab chicken, you get different benefits. You get like, you get to vote on stuff in the show. Your crab chicken may show up. You get merchandise. You get exclusive content. So this is a new technology. So brands are like, different brands are going to have different needs and different things are going to do with it. So everyone's in that kind of giant discovery phase. Okay. So th this is really in its infancy, but it's kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So give me a an idea where you think this will be become mainstream. We're talking a year, five years, five five to ten. Five to and ten. The, okay. the reason the reason it's five to ten is because right now, like the big brands are getting their um, they're getting their feet wet. They're checking it out, and once the big brands join, like once they go all in, they have the resources to make the user experience better for the users. Like for example, when Nike goes all in, they have obviously they have boatloads of cash they're not gonna let their customers go to like a shitty UI. They'll pay the money, they'll pay the developers to right. make it good for their customers. And at that point, Reebok has to do the same, Adidas has to do the same, and Web3 is composable, meaning everyone, it's a compound inch of software, meaning everyone builds off each other. So then people are gonna realize, okay, that's what they did to make it good. And then different brands will just do what Nike did to make their user interface better and creates like a kind of a race effect. But that, that does take time. Right now yeah. we're, just, we're in the very infancy. Yeah. Well, listen, to where AI is is all the rage right now, but that took, what, 20 years they've been working, if not longer, on it. So um, everything takes time. Okay, let's get to the my favorite part, which is what my podcast is all about. And this is what caught my eye the second time I took a look at your profile, was your dating app. Um, but it is unlike any other dating app, I'm going to assume. Yes. Uh, which, okay. Which is good because dating apps are crap. Thank you. All yeah. right. I, we're not even, I, I was prepared to ask you about what your opinion is on that, but I think you just answered that. Um, all right. So you have a dating app in the works, which I believe you said is going to launch in February 14th on Valentine's Day, and it's called Dating AI. But it's spelled D-A-T-A-I-N-G. So it's a little play on data or data, I'm guessing. Or correct. is there yeah, a reason? Yeah, yeah correct. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to, because as you pronounce it, it's dating. But I want the audience to know it's, it's spelled D-A-T-A-I-N-G dot A-I, which means artificial intelligence. And it's a relationship matchmaking software or app. Take it from there. Sure. So dating.io, it's the first ever AI powered matchmaker and it fixes a lot of the core problems with dating apps. So the big problem with dating apps are 
a um, the top five five percent of the users get access to all the all the rest of the users on the app, creating a skewed marketplace. And I would say the bigger problem with dating apps right now is their in- the incentives are misaligned. So, for example, Tinder wants to pay. Obviously, Tinder wants paying customers. If they if someone matches on Tinder, they become like they join a happy relationship. Hopefully, they get off the app. Once that couple goes off the app. Tinder actually loses a paying customer. So creating happy couples goes against the incentive structure of Tinder. And since they're owned by pretty much the match group, which just owns, oh, the match group owns pretty much everyone in the marketplace. So it's a, it's a monopoly in that sense, which is why it kind of sucks for everyone. But yeah, so if Tinder creates a happy couple, the happy couple leave the app, Tinder loses a paying customer, Tinder loses money. So Tinder, Hinge, and all those apps, they're incentivized to do something which is called churn marketing, which is basically you download the app, delete the app, download the app again, delete the app, download the app again, delete the app, which I'm sure plenty of people have that experience. Yeah, like, and, yeah. yeah so, like, you, you've been there. You're just like, you're just like yeah. ah, I'm going back on. And then you're just like, fuck this. I'll bump later. Back on. And, 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 and what's interesting is that Hinge markets itself as the last dating app you'll need because they want, they, they claim, they want you to find your match so no, you can don't. get off. No, I know that. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> And, and and I do I am on Hinge and I've had the worst luck with Hinge. It's just that for me it, the whole rose thing it doesn't work. Um, and and to to touch upon the the whole concept of yeah, so you you pay for three months and then I don't succeed. I don't find anybody that I like or whatever. I I shut the app down and then come the emails. Twenty percent off, forty percent off, sixty percent off. eHarmony is relentless i have been on eHarmony and they will not leave me alone they want me to come back so this is what you're talking about this is their their incentive to keep you to come keep coming back and keep coming back and when i did go back nothing changed you know and then you have the algorithm that's running the matchmaking behind that so i'm going to ask you this ai is going to do something different tell us how your match the uh, how ai is going to match me with somebody that hinge or bumble or eHarmony is not what's the yeah. difference so the difference between dating AI and the regular apps is a the apps are pretty much all physical based it's like hot or not swipe right left swipe right very very rarely do people actually read into their profiles and even if they do read into the profiles like how much can you fit like in a bumble paragraph or right. three hinge prompts that you just kind of rush through that you I mean, you just got same answers for everyone. It's like, what do I order for the t- what do I order for the table? Tequila type of right. thing. Where it's like you see the same thing over and over again. We're dating AI. It does everything on the back end. So what we do is we'll create a dating profile for you based on your digital footprint. So let's say hypothetically, I'm a user, me Eric, and I will use the, my own app too. It's I, I join the app. I link my social media accounts like Spotify, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. And from there, it'll comprehensively create a profile for me based on my profile set, like based on my digital, my authentic digital footprint, which is much harder to fake too than just like a couple lines on a dating app. And then from there, it'll match me with people based on my digital footprint. So let's say hypothetically, and it'll, it'll follow the method like Hinge where it's like you don't get too many matches a day so the chicks on the app don't just get bombarded with like, I don't know if you have any girlfriends, but it's like if you've seen a girl's Tinder it's I've seen literally thousands of messages. So we're gonna keep yeah. it we're gonna keep it limited matches per day because we want the users to look into the user more as like a complete person versus just like a face on the app. Right. So let's say I Great get idea. Th- let's say I get three matches 
Ashley, Kimberly, Jane. I just like, there's like a little paragraph bio on them, giving me something based on their social media. I'm like, okay, Jane seems cool. Why don't you tell me more about Jane? Like, like okay, well, Jane has less than a thousand followers on Instagram. Because she linked her Instagram, um, AI can read the photo. So it doesn't even need a caption. So like, let's say she posts a photo with her family, no caption. It shows Instagram that she's close with her family. So it'll make a profile based on that. She's like, oh, she's close with her family. Um, she also went to a four university. You both, um, you both follow the same sp artist on Spotify. Oh, did you know on Spotify that this one particular artist, you both, you both, this artist is in both of your top tens. Oh, did you uh, know? Oh, okay. did you did you know that this artist has a concert coming up within three months, halfway between you and Jane? Would you like me to suggest a date with Jane that you go to the con con concert, and then from there it'll it'll set up a date for you and Jane. And then if Jane wants. You'll have the option to FaceTime and you'll have the option to meet in VR. So the cool, the logic behind this is we want the users to be put, because obviously if you're dating someone, you have to meet in person. Like there's no, there's, I don't think there's a way around that. I know people are trying, but you have to meet in person. You have to be pleasant. So we want to set it up so the back end is good. Meaning let's say that hypothetical about the Spotify, let's say it never mentioned that, but we wouldn't meet anyways. That's something common in the back background that we matched because of that. So that could come up organically on the day. It's like, oh, who, do you like artists XYZ? And she's like, no way, this is my third favorite artist. So it's setting up the background for the users. So not just that Spotify example, like we may not know that we both like national parks, but it could come up. So we're, we're we'll match people based on like how common they are. And I also, I also think that everyone's into different things. Like for example, I may like the person who's the same as me. You may like someone who's the exact opposite. So let's right. say you join the app, it's showing you People are the same, like similar digital footprints, similar interests, and similar like followings and all that stuff. But you're someone who likes the opposite. You would say no, 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 no. You keep saying no. But the more you say no, the smarter the AI gets. And it'll match you with different things to try to find you your match. So the cool thing about, it's like the opposite of Tinder where it's like they want to keep you off. The longer you stay on the app, the more likely it is that you'll have a match, that you'll get a match because the smarter it gets. So it's like, okay, they, they said no for this amount of reason what's up and the cool and long term it has the functionality of an ai so it could theoretically an ai is just good at pattern recognition it's like okay you went to date three your past three tries you got to date two but you couldn't get to third date and then it could hypothetically try to analyze what's wrong it's like oh what did you do for your third uh second date oh you all really? took it all your second dates were at a coffee shop maybe you want to try uh like a nicer restaurant or maybe something more fun so it's gonna get and then it'll do that at scale so it'll have the data it's like okay Everyone who goes to a second date at a coffee shop succeeds X amount of percentage times, whereas um, if you take her to a bar to get appetizers, that succeeds at a 60% rate, which is a coffee 60% rate. Maybe you want to try an appetizer versus like a coffee type of thing. So it's going to get pretty smart. It's going to be pretty fun to use, too. So it's going to actually suggest where to go on a date. It, it could, it, it will in the future as it gets more data. And the cool yeah. thing is, once the app goes online, let's say I do, I meet Jane, we fall in love, we get married, all that jazz. It can become, it'll function as a relationship butler too. So it's like, okay, Jane, Eric, you guys haven't been on a date for three months. Oh, it's time to get off your ass. Oh, hey, Jane, Eric, did you know that run restaurant you guys always go to? Wow. Um, they have a, they're having a special sale on the sound, like they're having two for one ice cream or something. Maybe you should go there. So it'll help, it'll help facilitate your day. Oh, hey, Jane, Eric, you have your kids? You guys haven't been on a date for months? Um, go on a date. I suggest this babysitting service. This babysitter is great for views. 
here's her contact info. So we want to be as inclusive as possible. Wow. Wow. All right. I, this podcast is all about dating and romance, and I'm finally hearing s- some very good posit- positive things about AI. Uh, AI is, I think, here to stay, and it's going to really become part of our life. It already is. I mean, I got Alexas, and I got Series, and all that's sort of like AI. But th- the true AI, I, I think if you allow it to do what you're explaining, I think it, it can be very useful. You mentioned something, you kind of glazed right over it. You said something about VR. So I can Not sure. meet this person virtually through a VR? Like, do I, am I literally putting goggles on? Yeah, so I'm not paying attention on that. We're going to be one of the first apps in the Apple VR headset. So right now, Apple has a VR headset. Like, they have a virtual like headset with like an app store and all that stuff. Right now, it's pretty expensive. Not too many people have it. But we believe they're following the iPhone format because it's Apple. They know it succeeds. So you remember when the iPhone first came out? Right. It was really expensive. No one really has. Only for the rich people. But like 10 years down the later, 10, 10 like years or whatever, how long. Everybody has one. Yeah. Everyone has, they made it cheaper. They made less than a thousand bucks. They're into that. So I think Apple's trying to do that long term with the VR headset. So we're building the capabilities to meet in VR. So let's say you match with someone. Of course, comfort of our users is a top priority. You match with someone, you're going to have the option to FaceTime within the app or like a quick voice call just so it's like, okay, real person, real voice, great. But if you wanted to, you could also take it the VR route. That would be cool. So you could virtually go on a date in the VR. Yeah, yeah, you can. And the goal of that would be to build comfort. But I want to stress that the point of the app is to get you on a real person oh, date. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But... Yeah. And what I'm what I'm liking about this is I, I because I've I've covered this before and you I'm sure you're well aware of the scammers. This will there's no oh yeah bots no, is, the dating apps are bot city, and uh, we we've, we've looked at the data for that. Like for you have to break it up for two different groups. Like for chicks, there's not too many bots just because honestly the the ratio of chicks to dudes on the app is it's really high. But for for men on the app, a lot of the they need bots to keep you going type of thing. Right. So I would say probably 20 to 30% of all users on dating apps for men are bots. So this is where we this is where we have to be careful because we were thinking about implementing an algorithm of banning people, but at the same time we I don't we have to be careful about just banning people. Like I'm not I don't want to ban anyone arbitrarily. It's like, "Hey, I'm a real person. Why do I get banned?" and throw that like your situation with Google Voice, my situation with Google Voice. We can't have that to repeat on the dating app. So I think we're going to wait and we're just going to play it off by like reporting and all that stuff and do it manually because to get the, to get like to gain access to that, you're going to link your social media. So it's pretty tough for a bot to create like a LinkedIn, an Instagram, a Facebook account and all that stuff. And we'll have red flags. Like for example, if they link all their accounts and they have like zero followers, it's like, okay, maybe, maybe that's a bot account. Right. But we also have a system in place that's called car. Are you, have you been on Reddit before? On Reddit, yeah, I've been on Reddit. Yeah, so you know the, the so did you play Halo by chance? No. Okay. Um, are the AI is called Cupid AI? She's based off Cortana from Halo, but on Reddit they have a system of karma points. So we have we have a system of karma points as well. So like the better behaving you have, if you're like nice, pleasant, you link more social medias, you'll have a karma score like okay, top percentage of the app. Whereas if you get reported for being like a bad person or just like ghosting people or all that stuff your karma score will get reduced. So the whole goal of that is just to keep, we want 
it to be a pleasant experience for all users, males included. I, I, the limited knowledge that I have about AI, although I do use it on a daily basis, but I'm just talking about the AI online, like perplexity and chat GBT and, uh, whatever Microsoft one is, you know, I use it all day long at work. But this AI that you're talking about will have the actual ability to to learn my learn about me, and and it'll, I think it'll get it'll be intelligent enough to know whether or not I'm a real person. Yes. As opposed to like you said, if I have zero followers on my Facebook or or Instagram. Uh, yeah, and, I, it'll spot that. Yeah, yeah, and it can get it can get smarter too. Like for example, if let's say that you pass your bot, you create like hundred follower accounts or whatever. So there's some followers, it could check like comments like, okay, this person hasn't interacted with anyone ever. That's also a red flag. And then at that point, I want it to be a manual review process for like, okay, this profile they um they shown these two red flags. Can you please review this profile to make sure a real person? Because in the okay. end, I, I want the person to, and this will be a problem as it scales, but I want the person to ban someone to be a physical person versus just like some arbitrary algorithm just like out. Right. Okay. Here comes the, the big question because it sounds, t I, I, I'll be honest, I'll be one of the first to sign up because it sounds, by the way, I, I, I join almost every dating app just for the podcast itself, because I, if I'm going to report on the dating apps and, and be part of it, I, I want to, whatever, you get the idea. What does it cost? Yeah, so it's going to be a free app. The reason we want it to be free is we want it to be good for the users, and we, we're still planning out the monetization plan. Right now, an easy source of money is, let's say you do book through the app, like let's say you book a Ticketmaster concert through the app, it could charge a small commission based on that, so... It won't take any money from like the user until they plan a date if they do that through the app. And I think a small commission is fair. In terms of brands, they may want to advertise within the app. Like for example, if you're in VR, it knows your interest. So it may want to like flash like an ad, ad or something along those lines. So yeah, I'm thinking maybe some brand yeah. brand partnerships. And the cool thing about the brand partnerships thing is they'll want to give out free products to the users as the app gets more popular, just as, to drive sales for them. So it'll be a cool ecosystem there. But yeah. Um, I don't ever really want to do like a tiered system. Like I think Tinder started charging like 500 bucks yep. a month or something. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, who's going to pay for that? <laughs> I don't think that'll work. But maybe, again, like I like the method of if you plan a date to the app, you pay for everything to the app and we take a commission on that because that, I think that's more fair because you're actually getting value of that. And at that point, we'll have to build in a, a rebate or a refund system in case it doesn't go through, which, which will be done. Okay. Um, I think I already know the answer to this. So, 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 just to wrap that one up, it's going to be free to join. It, it sounds like it's going to be a little bit of a process to. If I'm going to join, I have to bring all of my footprint. So, my if I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm, I'm, I'm on. It's up to you. I mean, the linking process it takes much less time than creating a Hinge or Instagram or a Hinge Correct, profile. Yeah. But in, in most of those accounts, you link your Instagram anyways. So you're now offered to link your Instagram on Hinge. You just kind of click connect. So it'll just be that across different social media platforms. So I don't have to write a bio. I don't have no. to upload pictures. I don't have to answer the silly questions. It, it all, no uploading bio, no answering silly questions. In terms of picture, it's either going to pull a picture from your Instagram or Facebook. 
but then you'll have the option to change your photo too if, if that's okay. what you want to do. Okay. But again, it'll give you one at first. So you don't, like in terms of profile creation, I think it's one of the easiest ones. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, it just click like on, it's just gonna connect. I, I I think I I one of the apps I'm on, I was reviewing it. I was told that on some of the apps, like after a month or two, if you haven't changed anything on your profile, you kind of get you kind of get, get ranked low. And as soon as you make a change on the profile, you get you get pushed up again. And I did that. I went on to I forget which app it was, and it offered me an AI profile. It said, "We'll take what you've written and reword it in AI." And it did that. And I got to tell you, the next morning I had ten likes in my inbox. So um, I, I wish I remember what app it was. I think it was Facebook's dating. I think Facebook dating did that. But the point yeah. is, is that the a just the fact that AI rewrote my profile got me more likes so i'm liking this concept um that the ai is going to take over my entire dating <laughs> yeah dating. we would uh, uh and yes yeah, so from a personal standpoint um i find that there's two issues with dating and this might be slightly offensive but uh, it's just what i believe so i think um we want to put as little human into it until the humans actually meet just because okay i see i see two major problems with the dating app a lot of from the and to be fair, from from the guy perspective, from for most guys, most guys have trouble talking with girls. They don't know how to fully interact, which creates an unpleasant experience for the girls. And and from the girl perspective, they just Correct. they just simply choose poorly. So yeah. So <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Like okay, yeah. You, like I don't want to. I know. Say, I, know. I, I don't want to say it, but let's just be real. Like let's be real. Yeah, they choose not just poorly. They choose like the opposite of what they should choose more times than not. Eric. I've chosen poorly, and yeah. the name of this podcast is Anonymous Andrew, Life and the Choices We Make, because I have been choosing the wrong women for the past 20 fucking years. Yeah. So. Like, would, it, would it be nice to get a match? And, like, you know, obviously nothing's guaranteed in the world. It may not work out. But at least there's stuff in the background. Like, the back end is going to be better than most. Like, because, okay, at least in the, you could be the same type of music, same, same familiar structure. Same, same calling. Hobbies, same, yeah, same hobbies, yeah. Yeah. Or at least, like, maybe matching hobbies. It's like, maybe I do more time, maybe she runs at the gym or does yoga or something. At least, like, something better than just, like, a hot or not face. Yeah. And and it, it also, I, so, one of the hardest, and I was listening to an episode, a podcast on the way home from work tonight, one of my other favorite li- that I listened to, they were talking about the banter, the texting. So if I like if I'm on uh, whatever uh, Facebook dating and I get matched with somebody, there's that awkward first text that you have to send. And I say awkward in the sense that. What, what, what? 80 percent of people go, hey, hi, how, yeah. how, how are you or how's your day or. And, and I was told that for a guy to approach a woman that way that she's not going to respond to that. So correct. Yeah. So this, this AI is going to, how am I going to be introduced to my potential first match? Yeah. So the first thing you'll see when you join is it'll give you a brief profile yourself just because it's fun. It's okay. You looked at all these social medias. It'll tell you about your interest based on what things. So be like, okay, um, you're outdoorsy. You're into art. You like this type of music all that stuff and it's going to ask you to agree with the yes or no is this an accurate assumption so, so if it's not it can rescan and then the first thing it'll say is 
oh, based on your interests, based on your profile, based on all this, we found a good match for you. Um, her name is blah, blah, blah. And they'll show you her bio. And if you wanted to send her a message or have the AI send her a message, it will. And then from there, it'll give you like three, probably around three matches per day because we want you to focus on learning everything. Like, I like we want that. you, it, it'll give them, and it'll help girls with them. Cause I understand that girl thing strategy is like, they like to do their detective work on. That's person funny. Saying, yeah. So this, it'll help with that. So it'll be a fun thing for their girlfriends where they can just like take a screenshot of this yep. for a guy and then they can go. That's what, this podcast I listened to on the way home today. They, he was saying, saying exactly that the women love detective work and oh, they yeah. will, they will take a deep They'll dive. Dig. They go hard. They, they go hard, dude. They, 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 like, they I'm do. like Jesus. Um, I, I even have a story about that, but which ended badly for me. But somebody did a deep dive on me a couple of weeks ago, and and she found my podcast, and that was the end of that. Um, wow, I'm fascinated by this, and I really, really, really. All right, so tell me, it's launching February 14th. Is it is it something that I can go to my Apple store and just download? So at first it's gonna be a desktop app just because everything launches. Okay. We're, we're in process of building out the Android and iPhone app. The thing is, um, Android is much faster than Apple, but it's a it's it's a process and sends a bunch of approvals. Of it's course. not an instantaneous thing. I'm familiar so, with it. Yeah. yeah, so we're in the, we're in the middle of that, but yeah, we we want to be in the app as De- we want des- as soon as possible. Desktop is fine. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, honestly, I, other than sitting in bed, you know, a half hour before I go to sleep, swiping on my cell phone. I don't mind sitting in front of my 18 or what a 22 inch screen here where I can see. It's a pretty sweet screen. Yeah, instead of this little, you know, 12 inch screen. It's so, I'm fine with the desktop. As a matter of fact, there's another dating app uh, that a gentleman came on a a couple months ago that's video speed dating and it's done all on the computer because you got a FaceTime. I mean, you could do it on your phone too, but I I found it more appealing on on the desktop. So, wow. Okay. So, uh, uh, the, only, uh, the only thing I just want to know is where, where on February, I'm going to look for this. On February 14th, will, will there be like a public relations rollout or, or it's just going to be on social media? How are you going to announce this? So, we're planning to do a social media push. And as soon as it goes live, let's say we want to give it a month of like natural attraction, see who joins based on friends or referrals probably work out some kinks or bugs that come up just because I think that's the nature of the game. But after that, we're going to do a more coordinated social push with like a PR with like PR and just, I think it's going to be more focused on influ- on TikTok influencers just because if you check out the YouTube or check out like the dating videos, it has virality behind the app. So right. what we want to do is just have, find like an influencer house, give like 20 different TikTok influencers like a blueprint to do. They all create the same type of content. They all push at the same time, same hashtags, and then the algorithm picks it from there. People see that, they're like, oh, what is this type of thing? And then they join from there. But yeah, I, w- I wouldn't, and I'll send this to you after, but like, I'll send you like a YouTube stuff. You want to see what the cool. yeah. Apple look like. It was like, oh, it's pretty sweet. And you could see why something would go viral like that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, all right, Eric, we got to wrap this up. But I mean, I could talk to you for another hour. This is, all this stuff is fascinating. Um Anything that we skipped over or anything we didn't cover you'd like to, to pr- promote or where can we find you? Where can we find, I'll put all this in the show notes, but tell the audience. Yeah. So the, the main thing I do when I put is that impossible meditation retreat. Um, <laughs> that, that was truly, I'm a, gonna look into that. Yeah, no, uh, I'll, I'll send you the link for it. Any, any right. question, just shoot me a thing. It's one of those things you just have to sign up for and just kind of go versus thinking about it. Cause 
Yeah, but that was a transform yeah. experience. In terms of ShopX or dating, the best would be our websites, which are ShopX, S-H-O-P-X dot C-O, or dating, D-A-T-A-I-N-G.io, and those links will be in the show notes. Or my personal Instagram, which is Eric D. McHugh. Um, feel free to reach out anytime. Eric D. McHugh? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to follow you. Cool. Yeah. I follow all my guests. I have to stay in touch with you guys. Yeah. No. Eric, I, I, I'm blown away by the, what, what you have achieved by the age of 30. And um, I can only imagine what another 10 years you'll do. And um, I, I'm super excited. I'm really excited about Shop X because I just hope I'm around long enough for it to, to become a reality. But the, the dating IO, and, and, and I did say AI before, it's dating.io. Uh, but it is an AI uh, app I am super excited for. So, all right, Eric, thank you so much for joining us from sunny Southern California, where it is 30 degrees here in New York City. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I'm jealous. So, but uh, thank you. Seriously, thank you for coming on and sharing all this with us. Oh, no, Andrew, I'm really grateful that you had me. And again, thank you so much for your listeners. I hope I'm wishing the best for all of you. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you soon. I would like to thank Eric McHugh very much for taking some time out and talking to us about all of his projects, especially the new one, the dating.ai or .io, uh, dating artificial intelligence dating app. I think it is fantastic. I don't, seriously, Think about it, folks. For those of you, if you have anything like me and you've been on dating apps for the past 15 years, spent thousands and thousands of dollars or thousands of hours swiping, texting, getting ghosted, getting rejected, uh, I just remember of all the agony and the frustration of the dating apps today. Even some of the new ones that uh, not even new ones, but ones that are trying different things. Like Bumble now is trying to ban you if you ghost somebody. That'll never work. They'll never enforce it. And if they do, it, 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 there'll be so much backlash, they'll lose so many customers. It's just ridiculous. So I would also like to wish all the happy couples, or any couples, married couples, who are um, celebrating Valentine's Day, a very happy Valentine's Day. May your love continue and blossom and uh, make you happy and joyous for the rest of your life, if that is what you wish. For those of us who are single, like myself, and one day I'll get into a rant about how my single life is going, um, just remember... Technically, Valentine's Day is just another hallmark day. It's a day where the restaurants can double their prices, the flowers are double the cost, the candies double the cost, the cards, yada, yada, yada. You cannot... And, and, and you know how you can check that? Because just go to any CVS, Walmart, or any 
store the day after Valentine's Day and see how much drastically cheaper everything is. All the candy is like 95% off and the flowers that are wilted are, are basically buy one, get one free. So um, don't sweat Valentine's Day. I'm, I am not going to be sweating Valentine's Day. I'll be uh, probably editing a podcast at night and just taking, you know what? Take some time to yourself. If you're single on Valentine's Day, do some self-love. Have a relationship with yourself on Valentine's Day. It's the least you can do for all of your troubles that you have put into trying to find a mate. And if you like this podcast... Oh, one more thing. I am still working on the investigation of Twin Flames Universe. I have several more episodes to go. I got two lined up for the next two weeks. I think you will enjoy. Um, and I have something in the works that might also be coming up, but I cannot talk about it, unfortunately. I just can't. You guys know I'm always open and vulnerable, but... This is a surprise, and if I say something now, it will not come to fruition. So I need to keep my mouth shut until it does. Okay, if you're enjoying this podcast and you know a friend who might be enjoying this podcast, I urge you to pass it on. Please take five minutes to go down to the bottom of Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. And Spotify now allows you to leave reviews for each and every episode. I like that. So if you're listening to me on Spotify and this is a specific episode you want to make a comment on or agree, disagree, or have a question, please do so. And if everything goes well, I'll be back next weekend with a weekend rant. Um, yeah, that's my plan. Okay, but many things happen between now and when I plan something. As you know, life happens. Shit happens. But that's the plan. And lastly, if you are thinking about getting into a relationship, um, especially if you're going to get engaged on Valentine's Day, which is the most popular day for people to get engaged, you have a couple of more days to just to make sure that the choice that you have made is the right choice. I urge you, I beg of you, if everything looks rosy and happy and cheery and honeymoony, did you miss any red flags? Until next time, folks. Ciao.